0: Minnesota. I'm excited to be here. With that being said, you know, I'm I'm beyond excited to, to continue as the coach of head coach of the uh Minnesota Works. 4.7 seconds. Gibson's gotta get it in place. Welcome back to the Howl here on Dash Radio's Nothing But Net channel, and we want to remind everybody that we have joined the Off The Ball Network, so we really appreciate wherever you are accessing us from, whether it's Nothing But Net, whether it's in podcast form on any of the podcast websites, you may listen. You can also check out all the other great shows on Off The Ball Network. Go to offtheballnetwork.com, and you can check out all that coverage, whether it's articles, other podcasts, radio shows, we have everything on OffTheBallNetwork.com, including coverage of all different sports. A reminder that we are sponsored by BetUS. BetUS is the newest sponsor of the Off The Ball Network. They have the fastest payouts in the industry and offer a 125% sign-up bonus when you use promo code OFFTHEBALL, in all caps, at sign-up. Head over to BetUS.com to sign up today. Again, that's BetUS.com, promo code BALL in all caps. Unlike all the other bars out there that taste either like old Play-Doh or a piece of cardboard, when you eat a built Bar, you will think you are cheating on your diet with a delicious chocolate dessert. If your kids find out how good these are, you're going to have to buy more because they will be begging for them. They have great flavors such as cookies and cream, double chocolate, strawberry, peanut butter brownie and much more. Use the code OFF THE BALL in all caps at checkout to get a 10% discount at built.com. Again, that's OFF THE BALL all caps at checkout to get a 10% discount at built.com. Welcome back to the Howl on Dash Radios, Nothing But Net channel. Lots to touch on in this edition. We're going to touch on, of course, the most recent Wolves versus Thunder game. They're going to jump into the most recent Gophers game. Gophers taking on, well, might as well just call it the, the Kofi Coburn show as it ended up being. So lots to discuss on this edition. Let's just jump right into the Wolves action. This was This was definitely an interesting game. I can't say good and I can't say fun because for many parts of this game, I felt like it was tragic, if that makes sense. So uh, let's jump into this one. First time Wolves have had their starting lineup together since December fifteenth. And for anyone that isn't aware, uh, even after this game, the Wolves' starting lineup is number one in the NBA in terms of the, uh, I guess this would be the uh, net rating. Thunder seven and seven over the last fourteen, and including some nice wins. They got a nice win against the Grizzlies. Uh, I think they beat the Spurs. I mean, it was a number of quality wins in that seven. split. Wolves are 8-2 with this lineup and are statistically, again, one of the best lineups when you look at net rating. Actually, number one. Number two is the Jazz. And let's just say that their minutes played is a lot higher than the Wolves. So part of that uh, ties into the fact that if you're just being... If I'm looking at it through non-Wolves colored glasses, I think we can all agree that in terms of when you talk about minutes, consistency, all that stuff, I mean, the Jazz are just a cut above. They've been so incredibly impressive. Wolves up 7-4 early in this one as Towns hits his first shot back a three, which is great to see because for anyone that isn't aware, Wolves have struggled this season from three. So when you get your best three-point shooter back, yeah, you know what? It can make a little bit of a difference. And uh, Towns, what an absolute fantastic pass. It was one of those flashy passes, and it worked this time. But I think we can all agree that, like, 50, 60, 70% of the time for Towns, they don't. I'm not sure what he's trying to prove when he does these acrobatic, crazy passes, but it's kind of like the heat check that we get from whether it's you know Malik Beasley, D'Angelo Russell. How about we get rid of this, too? To me, it just it doesn't need to be there. But a cool pass, gets fan of the ball, and he ends up getting fouled. And it's good to get uh, early and often fouls on uh, Shea Gilgis-Alexander. So... You love seeing that. I mean, he's their best player. It's not even close. If you can shut down SGA, you have a good shot at winning a game against the Thunder. That's just the bottom line. And then uh, Bev makes it 13-4, and honestly, fantastic ball movement on this possession. And then 16-4, Bev back-to-back three-pointers. OKC calls a timeout. The Wolves have scored on seven of the first eight possessions so far in this ballgame. Wolves stick with the starters with 8.30 to go. I think that's the right call. There are times where Finch has made some changes and has has killed the momentum. I liked that he didn't want to take that chance in this game. Now we jump ahead, and unfortunately the refs step in to end the Wolves, who were on a 14-0 run, a really tough shooting foul, to say the least, on Vando. And the thing to keep in mind, and I haven't touched on this yet, but one of the referees was out of the game due to covid protocols so we're down to two referees so on the surface you think all right two referees versus three it's not ideal right now let me tell you this one of the referees one of the referees is ed malloy what does that tell you it was it had the te- had the potential to be really ugly 20 to 6 and honestly it was at this point in the game where i said to myself i don't know if a team could play better basketball and, and not only offensively, but defensively as well. And the Thunder, seven straight misses up to this point. One thing I'll say, and I know I'm not the only person here, but Aaron Wiggins plays for the Thunder. I hate watching a Wolves game and hearing the name Wiggins. It just brings back flashbacks. A time that I think we all, for the most part, want to forget. The Andrew Wiggins era. Here's the thing. I was a very big Wiggins supporter for a long time but he has said some stuff since he left here he has done some stuff since he left here where I just couldn't be more over Wiggins and so maybe like can we is there some sort of a mute button I can put on so you know think about this when you're on Twitter and you can mute certain words can I mute the word Wiggins just so I don't have to hear it when the Wolves are playing when I'm watching a Wolves game I just don't need it it's one of those things where uh, too many bad memories that's the bottom line Vando passing in this game, super impressive. He's up to a couple assists, and they looked really good. Guys made the extra pass early in the game. Good decision-making is what got the Wolves this lead. On top of that, good defense. Wolves already forced six turnovers. And just like that, 27-8, to and the bench comes in, and initially, they were just as hot as the starters. And I'll say this, and he's kind of the highlight of this episode. Jalen Noel is so damn good. And it's funny. They mentioned that he's 2 of 20 from 3 over his last 20 shots. And then he they mentioned this after he made a shot. So that, at that point, 3 of 20. And my initial reaction was, really? Jalen Noel? And after a second, it caught up to me. And I said, you know, the last few games, his form has been really odd. Something's been off about it. It has not looked good. He hasn't looked comfortable shooting threes. And so once I put that into perspective, I go, yeah, it's not shocking that he hasn't been shooting well from three because he hasn't been shooting well from three. The shot is just not the same. It does not look good. And if he can get back on track. But here's the problem with that with that line. How many times have we said that this season? I mean, go down the laundry list of, of times. Go down the list of players. D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley, Anthony Edwards, The list goes on and on and on of players who go, man, if they could just get back to this, if they could just get back to this, at a certain point, don't you have to face the music and say, you know what, maybe he's not getting back to that. Maybe D'Angelo Russell's never going to be, sorry, I shouldn't say never, but let's just look at this season. Maybe this season, for whatever reason, D'Angelo Russell never gets back to that point. But guess what? D'Angelo Russell is impacting the game in so many other ways, whether it's passing, his defense, his clutch play. He's been one of the most clutch players in the NBA all season. Say what you want about his lack of shooting, but he's been clutch. Now you go down the line, right? We talk about Anthony Edwards. Anthony Edwards does so many things, game in and game out. If he's not always going to be a consistent shooter this early in his career, you can accept that because he does so many other things at such a high level. The guy that I think, is the poster child for getting back to where we thought they could be, right, is Malik Beasley. And we've touched on this before. Jalen Well is doing a lot of the things that we expected Malik Beasley to do. problem you run into with Malik Beasley is the trade value just isn't there. Now, granted, I believe he's fourth in the NBA in three-point makes, if I'm correct. Now, of course, he's not efficient. So in his case, I don't know that it's necessarily... Something to brag about. But hey, if you're sitting there in the front office, you're Sh- you're and Gupta, and you say to yourself, how am I going to get this done? Well, you call up whoever it is. Whatever the team is, let's just say it's the Rockets. Let's say you're going to try to swing a deal for some combination of Eric Gordon plus. I'm not saying I'm doing this deal, but that's a name I've seen a lot of people float around. He makes a lot of money, unfortunately, but the guy can make baskets. He can score. He can shoot. Things that you really need. You need a veteran shooter that can come off the bench and just hit shots. Bottom line, you need that. So, if you think about Sasha Gupta, you call the Rockets and say, look man, he's fourth in the NBA. In three-point makes. You, don't you need that? Don't you need that? Still, he's still a young player. Can't you use that going forward? When he signed his contract, people thought it was a great, great bargain. And now we're throwing that bargain to you. To me, you got to find ways to make another team believe in Beasley. And the reason why that's tough is because, ideally, right now, he probably isn't playing. If you look at this roster, how it's constructed, who's playing well, who's not playing well, right now, I think the main reason Malik Beasley plays as much as he does is because he makes a lot of money. If all things were equal, there's I just don't see any scenario where Malik Beasley plays more minutes than Jalen Noel ever. Jayden Noel's a better defender. He's a better shooter. He's a better scorer. He pretty much does everything better. Now, three-point, eh, Noel scored a little bit there. But just as an overall scorer, definitely mid-range shooter. So now we're talking about Malik Beasley and what? We're going to say, now, statistically, he has been one of the best three-point shooters from the corner. And that, that matches up. I believe the percentages are actually pretty high, too. I just don't have the numbers in front of me. There's ways, I think. To sell another team on League Beasley, but it all hinges on him playing. And that's the tough part. Because it's few and far between. You get those big scoring games like he recently had. Most of the times you get games like last night. Now, not as bad as that game. That was pretty that was shooting-wise, I think that's probably the worst game he's had as a Wolves jersey or as a Wolves team player. And and here's the thing. So many fans are turning on Beasley at this point. The funny thing is, when I was upset about Beasley and his off-the-court issues and the struggles he had early on in the season, a lot of people laughed at me. A lot of people called me crazy. Well, a lot of people are agreeing with me now, aren't you? It's tough. If you can move on from Malik Beasley, I think you have to do it. That's the bottom line. So moving on, again, the whole point of this is we're talking about Jalen Noel, how good he's been. And, of course, that transitions into Beasley. That's how you get there. Hasn't been shooting the ball well. And, you know, the funny thing was there were stretches in this game where it was almost like the Thunder were daring him to shoot. And guess what? Daring him to shoot wide open. And the first time they did this was in that first quarter, and the shot he took was not even close. So a team is just daring you to shoot, and you don't make them pay. Not only do you not make them pay, but you look bad enough where they say, all right, well, that's a good strategy. Let's just leave him wide open until he makes a shot. Guess what? He never made shots. 30-10 30-10 to 10 was the score after the first, so despite Beasley not playing great, most of the team was giving you really productive minutes on both ends of the court, and how about this, I mean, after the first quarter, you're on pace to win 120-40, to 40. well, let's look into the crystal ball, what ended up happening in this game, is that how it ended? Stay tuned. Jumping into the second, Beasley, another miss from three, this time from the corner, and he's 0-4, and at this point, at least, I felt like he was going to come around, every game even when he starts slow or when he finishes slow the game ends and i feel like every game he's you know three or four makes from 3 so at this point i said to myself i think that's doable i could definitely see him catching fire for even if it's just for a stint and and getting up to that like 10 to 15 point mark i could see him doing that 31 to 10 still with 10 to go 12 turnovers already for the thunder but here's the thing to keep in mind. Thunder have come back from some big deficits. So this is another example of a game where I think the Wolves, if they're going to win, they have to have that 30-point lead. That's definitely that magic number. Wolves, though, have cooled off in the second. And, you know, instead of building that lead and getting closer to that 30, it starts to dwindle down a little bit. Wolves 0-6 to start the game, or start the second quarter. Thunder 2-5. of 5. Not a massive difference, but a difference nonetheless. And it, and it does make a difference. If you're going to be inconsistent scoring-wise... The Thunder don't have to do a whole lot, especially in this case. The Wolves hadn't scored a single field goal. And so now you're the Thunder. You just got to piece together little by little, and you can slowly but surely work your way back because the Wolves aren't making them pay. Trayman hits a corner three, has it back to 14, and then 12 after a way too easy giddy drive. And the Thunder are on an 11-3 to 3 run. And all I can say is, yuck. Wolves call a timeout, and it is ugly. Bench started decent when they first came in the game, but all of a sudden it was like they just went off a cliff, could not score at all. Interesting play is Jaden gets elbowed in the face, no call, and it ends up giving Poku a wide open dunk. Jaden shakes it off, nice drive, ends up getting fouled. But it's a frustrating concept here. A guy gets elbowed in the face, and it was pretty clear as day because he immediately grabs his face. There's got to be someone that can... It'd be nice if there was someone, whether it's someone in uh, the replay center or I don't know who, but if there was someone that could find out that that happened, right? Signal down to the officials and say, let's take a pause here. We want to review a play for a potential flagrant foul or whatever you want to review it for. To me, shots to the head are no joke. And so that's the kind of thing that I wish there was a better way of policing that. I don't know what it is, but to me, it seems like there's a better way of doing that. Here's the issue for the Wolves in this game. And not just this game, but man, I, to be honest, it's tough to remember the last time this wasn't an issue. And that's wide open threes for the Wolves. And what does that work out to be? Miss after miss after miss. Absolutely maddening watching these guys miss jump shots. Wide open jump shots. <laughs> and just like that is a 10-point game. And it almost felt like at one point, the Wolves were trying to see, see if they can historically collapse. And apparently they're really going on in that aspect as all of a sudden it is an 8 point game 4 minutes to go in that first half. Jaden finally stops the bleeding in this sense of being a trend in this game. He stops that bleeding with a 3 to give the Wolves a little bit more of a cushion. Giddy, though, I can't say enough about what an incredible rebounder he's been. He was so good in this game. Love his energy and at times he was very Vandal like A guy that was going to punish you was going to do the little things that maybe you weren't willing to do. Or maybe he just does them a little better than you. He had the energy. He's smart enough to put himself into good positions for rebounds. There's so many things to like about Giddy's game. I was not the biggest fan of his coming into the NBA. I hadn't watched enough to really understand. And I know some people I trust uh, really well as far as draft evaluations were not big fans either. And here we are watching him play. I mean, he's one of the best rookies in the class, no question. Hounds and Jaden in this game seemed to be the only guys that were really doing much. You know, Beasley sucks on both ends. He can't be bothered to box out. There was a play where he kind of like half-ass boxed out, but not really. He really just didn't do much. And the guy went right around him, grabs the rebound scores, and Beasley looks kind of dejected. Here's the thing you can't look dejected if you didn't put any effort in. If what I what I expect Beasley to do when plays like that happen is kind of a shoulder shrug. Like, eh, whatever. Because What are you expecting? You didn't put a body on somebody. That's been a consistent issue for a lot of the Wolves. But in a game like this, it stands out. Because Malik Beasley, if you're not going to shoot, or if you're not going to make shots, if you're not going to score, then all your other weaknesses are that much more glaring. And all of a sudden, if I'm the coach, I say, what do you do? Why am I putting you in there? What exactly are you doing to better the team? And last night, it was nothing. Beasley just didn't have it. Some of the Wolves, actually, in this game, seemed a little lazy. And the Thunder, during this stretch, clearly, to me, wanted it more than the Wolves. All that strong play and energy that they had to start the game and that built that lead, it was just absolutely vanished at this point. Wolves don't get a shot off to end the half, and Finch is not pleased, and he shouldn't be. And to me, not getting a shot off to end the half tells the whole story of how the game really had started to progress. Thunder ends that half on a 26-9 run, and if I'm Finch, I'm letting the team have an earful. I am going in on them at halftime because this was unacceptable. OKC, so effective field goal. They were at 37. Wolves at 49. So good to see that. 11 points off turnovers for the Thunder. 7 for the Wolves. Wolves were getting turnovers. Wolves weren't scoring. That's a big difference maker. 7 second chance points but 8 for the Wolves. And free throws 6 of 6 for the Wolves. 2 of 5. Wolves need to get better at hitting free throws. They don't go to the line enough. Where they have the, where you can squander opportunities, it just doesn't happen. So the few times that you do get there, gotta make shots. And to me, it still feels crazy sloppy in this game. But Beverly gets his 4 three, and all of a sudden the Wolves are up 19 again. So just as quickly as that lead had diminished down to eight, all of a sudden it's 19 points, and I'm sitting here, I've watched the entire game, and even I'm going, I'm kind of scratching my head a little bit. How did it get back to 19? How about this? You know, we talked earlier about this, but man, can D'Angelo Russell just find his shot? Even if we could just get a, a stretch of a few games where he looked good, right? He takes a wide-open three, and I'm talking wide-open three. No one's near him, and it's a corner three, so there's really no excuse. Doesn't make it. It was ugly, by the way. You know, one thing I noticed in this half, and I, I haven't watched it closely enough. It's one game back. He, he's getting off of COVID. I'm giving the guy a pass. But in this game, at least, he was wa- he was ball-watching a little bit. And uh, too often he seemed to lose his player on defense. So I'm just to kind of watch for. I don't think it's a long-term issue because I do think Towns, while Towns is not an elite defender by any stretch of the imagination, he competes. He's out there competing. It's, you know, Ant and Bev, right? That, it was the Ant and Bev show in that third quarter. Beverly up to five threes. One off his career high, and Ant gets his third, and all of a sudden again, boom, wolves are up 18. And the Thunder finally call a timeout. Wolves were really fighting here in the start of the third quarter. One thing I have to remind myself as I was watching this game, anytime guys, specifically when I look at like towns, looking at Russell, certain players that came off the COVID COVID list recently, and I have to keep reminding myself, it's not gonna be perfect. They're not gonna be actually where they were. Guys lost weight. Guys lost their game shape, you know, a little less cardio. There's there's real con- concerns isn't the right word, but there are reasons why they won't be 100%. And it's it's just tough to remember that as you're watching this game and you're passionate and you're getting fired up over this play or that play. And then all of a sudden you go, you know what? All things considered, this is pretty good. Let's keep that energy right now, though. Edwards up to five steals already, and there's still seven minutes to go in the third. So you're thinking maybe double digits? unlikely, of course, but still impressive nonetheless, D'Lo unfortunately takes a D'Lo shot, and you know what, it was an air ball, makes it even worse, he's just 3 of 11, and I'll tell you one thing I didn't miss, I didn't miss that, when he was out with COVID, there's so many things you want Doug D'Angelo Russell back for, a big part of it is his calming presence, but my goodness, the shooting, and you can't say anything about COVID, right, he, he was doing this before COVID, so, it's just one of those unfortunate circumstances. Ant, by the way, gets called for an absolute garbage call. He has this fantastic block, but you know what? Ed Malloy. That's all I can say. Ed Malloy, you're short in a ref. One of the refs you do have is Ed Malloy. Stuff like this is bound to happen. Vando, I can't say enough about how good he was in this game. So impressive. There's so many things that he does that, number one, won't show up on a stat sheet, whether it's his hustle, whether it's him just making the game more difficult. For the other team, he does a lot of the same things that you see from Patrick Beverly. He just does, and those are the kind of players that win you basketball games. Bottom line, Towns, you know, two really dumb fouls. Speaking of things I didn't miss, and then he waves off the ref not once but twice. Ends up getting teed up. He's got to be smarter than that. It was definitely a foul. I don't know why he's complaining. It's frustrating. I don't. I didn't miss that. You know, we didn't miss the D'Lo bad shooting. I didn't miss the stupid fouls by Carl Towns. And they're offensive. That's where he makes these mistakes, and it's very frustrating. And just like that, 13-point game. Wolves are cold again. Meanwhile, SGA is starting to get hot. And it is 11 now, and it's an 8-0 run. And then make it 10-0, and 9-point ball game in the third. You know, it's a new half, but the same guy steps up and ends the Thunder run. Jaden McDaniels, bottom line. He was solid in this game. He put in the work, put in the effort on both ends. You know, they had this weird lineup in. I'm not a fan of it. I want Delo leading the bench unit, not Ant. It's funny because when the season started, I there was a time where I thought Ant leading the bench could make some sense, but it just doesn't. We've learned at this point that it's Delo's the guy that needs to be. When you're staggering, Delo is that calming presence to me on this team that can really help out with that second unit. He also still has that star power. Guys know he can shoot the basketball. His numbers aren't great this year. We can talk about that all day long. But still, he creates something with his presence on the court. It makes a difference. And then Beasley, by the way, still giving you nothing. He's now up to 0 for 6. In fact, at this point, they had stopped guarding him. And don't blame them. Prove to me you can make shots. That's the bottom line. And he hasn't done it. And then just like that, 69-63. It is a six-point game. And the Thunder, again, we talked about in the first half, but another stretch where they wanted it more. And to me, it was pretty pathetic. And it was at this point, by the way, I felt to myself, I just don't need to see Malik Beasley anymore in this game. It felt like he was over for 100. I get that he wasn't. He was like over 7 or 8 at this point. But it sucked. I don't want to watch it. And I think that's fair. I think it's a fair critique as someone that watches so many Wolves games, Iowa Wolves games, just tons of basketball games. And there's some things I don't want to see. And right now, you know, Malik Beasley's tough. Going to the fourth, though, it is still the six-point score, 69-63. to 63. You know, and outside of the beginning of this game, this was not enjoyable to watch. It just wasn't. This is not a game where I look back and go, I'd like to rewatch that. Nope. When this game ended, I was just glad to be done with it. That's that's how it felt. Kind of leaves that bad taste in your mouth. Just like that, by the way, Thunder on top in terms of second-chance points, and they are back to within five Wolves, again, so lazy during different stretches of this game. In the fourth quarter, we saw it again. But if I had to pick one player as my MVP so far, it's definitely one of Beverly or Jaden. And Vandos right there as well. You had, a, you had some players that really stepped up. Towns ends up getting his third offensive foul. <clears throat> another stupid hook. And it was a double team. He had open players near him. And it was just his choice. He just made a bad choice trying to take that on. Most of the season, we've talked about how the shortcoming for the Wolves when it comes to Towns being double teamed has been the inability of his teammates to do anything. They just stand around. Or Malik Beasley might be on the opposite side of the corner or court waving his hands around. A lot of stupid plays. This was not one of those plays. Guys were open. Towns just didn't pass it. I think part of that goes to the fact that here you have a team that's surging to get back against you, right? They're starting to play better. The Thunder are really, really close, and Towns says, I got to take, take this game over. You know what, Carl? It's your first game back from COVID. You don't need to take over anything. You just need to play a team game. You just got to be smart and play better basketball, and there were a number of plays in this game where he didn't do that, and that's what you need from Carl Towns. I don't need him at this point taking over games. We had big leads in this game at times, and the big leads weren't because one guy did it all. We played really good defense and really good offense as a team. And that makes a difference. And then, how about this, back to a four-point four game as Baisley ends up getting a three-point play. 184 straight, 20 or more point games for the Thunder. And they have 26 already. Nine to go, and Wolves on top, 76-71. to 71. So, the bench... For the Thunder was a big difference maker in this game. And this is the current NBA record. Not of all time, but like in terms of teams right now, this is the, the largest still going streak. So again, 184 straight games of 20 or more points for a team's bench. Wolves on top, though, 76 to 71 with nine to go. Wolves have been bad again from the free throw line. And on top of that, they haven't gone very often. If you're going to get there, make your shots count. And all of a sudden, boom, two-point game now. And honestly, I have no words. As giddy is the guy that hits the three to get you there. Lots of game left. And I watched this, and I said to myself, if I'm Finch, i got to get my starters back in. It's unfortunate. They've already played a lot of minutes. But as many of the starters that can come back in, I'm doing it. Because at this point, it was fair to say the bench just did not have it. Not consistently, Outside of Noel, I don't know any, anyone off the bench, really, was very impressive. Finch ends up calling an angry timeout, and honestly, I don't blame him. The effort, at times, in this game, again, was unacceptable. Super frustrating. I get why he was trying to... We saw some different lineup combinations, some things that I don't know that we've seen a whole lot of. That's the thing, right? You're just throwing stuff at the wall and hoping something sticks. And that's, sometimes that's what you have to do as a coach. You have to find out what's going to work for you. Ball, interesting possession. Ball goes off the thunder. Clear as day, it's off him. Jim Pete mentions, you know, it's tough to get upset with two officials, but here's my problem. The referee is literally right next to the play. So if he doesn't see that, what is he watching? If you're a referee and there's a play happening five feet away from you and you don't see it, what were you doing? Watch the basketball. That's literally your job. I just don't get that. Let, let the other guy, no granted, so Ed Malloy was on the other side of the court, this was the other referee whose name escapes me, and here, by the way, here's the deal, if I know your name, you're probably not a good official, I think it's fair to say, but in this case, maybe I need to figure out this guy's name, because again, you're right next to the play, how do you miss it? But Wolves end up challenging it, they do win it, but again, you shouldn't have to challenge that, refs should just be paying attention, and just like that is a one point game, <laughs> 5.20 to go. Wolves are holding on by a thread. And this is the closest the game has been since the first quarter. And thankfully, Noel answers. He is now 5 of 5. And I'll say it. Give him all the Beasley minutes he can handle. Or at least be super, super active to trade Beasley. Find a deal that's out there. And one thing was interesting is, uh, and Jim Pete brought this up, why there was a play where I can't think of the Wolves that got it done. One of the Wolves got basically slapped right in the face. And it doesn't get reviewed at all for a flagrant foul. And my question is, why? Again, there should be somebody that's watching these games that can call down to the officials and say, all right, got to get a stop here. we got to take a look. There was definitely some contact that I think needs to be reviewed. That's a fair statement. Challenged by the Thunder, by the way, had a giddy foul. And it was clearly a foul, so I'm not really sure what the point was. They end up losing the challenge. They lose the timeout. Granted, they had a lot of timeouts at this point, but at the same time, yeah, great. You still have three timeouts left after this, but now you're looking at it going. The one that we don't have anymore is a t- is a is a challenge, and we just wasted it on a play that really wasn't close. <laughs> kind of frustrating there if you are a Thunder fan. As a Wolves fan, love it. Beasley or sorry, Beverly goes one of two from the line, and I got to say, why do the Wolves suck so bad at free throws? <laughs> There was a stretch in this game where things were not pretty there. Dilo out of the game still, already played 30 minutes, and you got the sense that he wasn't coming back. And Dave Benz, I think, kind of, I don't know if he called it this, but he basically described it as getting COVID rest, right? Getting a little bit of rest as he comes back and tries to navigate life after COVID and what he's going to be able to do or not do early on, just in terms of his conditioning, his cardio, that sort of thing. But Noel, again, Noel, super impressive in place to D'Lo. Ends up going to the line again, makes both, and the Wolves are up five with four minutes to go. Finally, a glimpse of that earlier defense as the Wolves caused a shot clock violation. Start of this game, they, the Wolves played some really high-end, really solid defense. Can't say that that was the entire game, unfortunately. can gets up to three, or gets up a three, just misses, but he's pissed, and he should be. He gets fouled on the shot. My question again, and I talk about this all the time, why do the referees not like Carl Towns? I don't get it. There's nothing he does that isn't being done by everyone else across the league. Don't treat him differently. Carl Towns is a superstar. Treat him as such. And I'm not talking about those BS calls you see, you know, whether it's Kevin Durant, whether it's James Harden. I don't want those BS superstar calls, but it's to me. Carl Towns has earned the respect of the officials, and yet for whatever reason, still just not getting him. Noel continues to be unstoppable, and I've got the nickname now. After last night's game, and maybe it's a one-game nickname, but Mr. Fourth Quarter, that's how I feel. Loved him in the fourth quarter. You don't win this game without him. You don't. And to me, nickname was super fitting right now. As in the fourth, or overall, he's 6-6 of in the field in the game, and the Wolves are up 7 with 3 minutes to go. Bed scores, and it's a 7-0 run and a 9-point lead. <laughs> he has this really awesome layup celebration where he kind of kept his hand in the air, demonstrated a little bit. I mean, he was feeling it. He was getting excited. You love to see it. Unfortunately, though, Carl Towns fouls Muscala on a 3, and it ends up being a 4-point play. Towns is pissed at this point, and I don't blame him because it was a weak call, and if you're calling that, why aren't you calling the foul that happened earlier? That was more egregious. I just don't get it. Now granted, Muscala made the shot. Again, that's why he was able to get a four-point play. But one point makes a big difference down the stretch in such a close game. Towns, by the way, also, that was his fourth foul. Fourth foul. And this is one of the reasons why Towns is pissed, by the way. Jim Pete talked about this. I believe he said Towns came over to him. And basically, Ed Malloy told Towns, you know what? I missed it. I missed that call on your three. Really? Thanks, I guess. Like, what? What? What do you want? Am I supposed to do with that? You cost me. You cost my team points. Then you have Bev. He's able to get it to seven yet again. But then Towns, unfortunately, picks up his fifth. And with the game being so close, you were a little worried at this point. One fifteen to go. It's a five point game. Things can happen. Thankfully, though, Edwards answers with a big three, and now it's an eight-point game, one to go, and that was actually his 100th three-pointer of the season. Eight-point game with 20 to go, and that's really all she wrote. Crazy thing about this is the game ended, and I was like, ugh. You know, it wasn't a terrible game, but it wasn't enjoyable necessarily. Come to find out, this was a wire-to-wire victory. (laughs) Definitely didn't see that coming, and definitely didn't feel like it was a wire-to-wire victory as I watched it. I don't know about anyone else but to me that wasn't what i expected 98 to 90 by the way was your final uh, looking at some of the guys that really stood out to me talked about him at lunch but josh giddy really really impressed with him he is a fantastic rookie we're talking six assists 15 rebounds he had 14 points although six turnovers that's not getting the job done 17 turnovers overall for the thunder to you know the wolves didn't exactly take care of the basketball perfectly by any means I mean we're talking 16 turnovers by them big culprit by the way Carl Towns those stupid flashy passes leave those in your trick bag nobody needs them we don't need those but Carl Towns overall his first game back a plus 16 he had 17 points 16 rebounds three assists a steal two blocks a lot to like about Carl Towns there definitely was You had 22 points for Anthony Edwards. Great seeing that. 13 boards and 3 assists for Jared Vanderbilt to go along with 5 points. Not a shock. He was plus 21. Jade McDaniels, by the way, and here's a good example of where plus minus doesn't tell the story. According to this, he's minus 14, which granted, it's a stat. It just happens, right? When he was on the court, the Wolves got outscored by 14 points. But I'm not going to sit here and say I watched that game and felt like Jade McDaniels played poorly. So again, keep that in mind. Plus minus just does not matter all that much in single game sets. It can be a part of the story, but do not let it be what tells the story of the game for you. It's one of the big reasons why box score watchers just you know, come off looking bad. You just don't get the full picture. So again, lots to like here. You know it wasn't great? 3 of 12. It's not going to get the job done for D'Angelo Russell. Malik Beasley, 0 of 8. 0 of 7 from 3. Yuck you got to be better than that, Malik. you got to be better than that. He had more turnovers than points. And here's another crazy stat. As bad as he played, he was a minus two. That's it. (laughs) That's how close it was. So there it is. Again, 98-90 is your final. And then we'll take a quick break, and then we're going to jump in to talking about the Gophers and their game against Illinois. You're listening to Dash Radio's Nothing Minute Channel, and we are The Howl. As seen on ABC Shark Tank and invested in by Mark Cuban and Alex Rodriguez, Ice Shaker received offers from all five sharks on the show, kitchen-grade, insulated stainless steel that will keep your drinks cold and won't absorb odor like a plastic shaker bottle does. Created by the Gronk Brothers, for anyone living an active and healthy lifestyle, the Ice Shaker is perfect for every drink, not just protein shakes. The patented twist in agitator will break up any powders, but also works as a strainer to make sure you always get the perfect pour. Use promo code OFF THE BALL in all caps and help out the network. Again, that's SH- Ice Shaker, and you can use the promo code OFF THE BALL in all caps. Visit iceshaker.com. All right, we're back here on the Howell, and you're listening to Dash Radio's Nothing Minute channel. Let's take a look here at the Gophers taking on Illinois, the Illini. Illini coming to the game nine and three. Gophers ten and one. One thing I hadn't really thought much about is that the Gophers don't really have a dominant inside player. Now, Gophers historically have had some decent inside guys, right? Whether you're talking Trevor Mbakwe, whether you're talking about, you know, Ralph Sampson III. We've had, down the list, we've had some pretty good players inside. We just have. Lots of guys jump off the page there. Uh, Jordan Murphy, not really necessarily a big man, but... Solid player, able to rebound. He was able to fight inside. Lots of great players on that list. Unfortunately, the, the Gophers just don't have that right now. On top of that, both teams haven't played in two weeks. So the guy that I watch this game, I look at the big break, I look at the fact that the Gophers don't have a lot of size, and all of a sudden I look over to that I team and I say, yikes, Kofi Coburn, a player that historically destroys the Gophers. And what's going to happen in this game? Well, I think this kind of sets the stage. Gophers take the 3-0 lead to get things up going, and it was nice. It was a Luke Luke Louis 3. I'd like to see that. Coburn not only getting away with pushes and sort of elbows, but somehow it's a foul on Curry. And uh, Curry was upset that it wasn't offensive, and he he should be. It was definitely an offensive foul. I'm, I'm not sure what exactly was happening there, but you know, frustrating nonetheless. And Illinois, at least early on, they look like the much better team. Gopher's taking some tough shots. And the Illini getting really good and easy looks. And just like that, they're up 13-5. And again, this game is in Minnesota. Nice drive by Charlie Daniels, by the way. Honestly, I didn't know he had that in his game. It was pretty impressive to see. Able to draw the foul, but unfortunately, only makes one of two. And then a pretty three from battle to get back within six. But the Illini always have the answer. And sadly, at times in this game, good or bad defense, it just didn't matter. Illinois was feeling it so much that they were able to make even the toughest shots. Sutherland with a couple nice drives, but the Gophers still down 11, as this, been, this has been a really tough stretch. to start the game. And the Gophers, we touched on earlier, but they just do not have an answer for Coburn. They have doubled and even good defense and a steal. And you're thinking, oh, we got a chance now. And guess what? It gets called for a foul. So even when you finally do step up and you do make a difference, referees step in again. Thank you, Big Ten officials. I don't know who's not aware of this, but Big Ten, eh, historically not the greatest officials. I don't and I say this as I watch the game unfold, I don't see how the Govers combat this. Because Coburn's good at passing out of the trouble, and on top of that, he's able to not only pass the double, but he's able to hit all the great shooters that Illinois has. So even if you choose to double-team Coburn, which is what we did a lot, you're just daring them to shoot open threes, and they can hit them. They're one of the better three-point shooting teams in the country. And just like that now, the lead is up to 16, and there's nine minutes to go in the first half. And I'll say this, Gophers were fighting. It's not an effort thing at any point in this game, I didn't think. They need to take advantage anytime Coburn is out. And finally he comes out, and what do they do? run, and that's the kind of start you need to do. Little bits and pieces, get a little momentum. Can you get the game back to within single digits going into the half? You know, interestingly, if Curry's going to shoot threes, someone has to fix his form, not enough leg. And I don't know if that's an issue because of his knee problems that he's had in the past. I don't know the answer there, and I'm sure if someone asked him, he could give you the answer, and maybe... It's a one-game sample size, but he hasn't hit a three-pointer yet this season. And when he does, to me, a lot of it's been short, if my recollection is correct. Definitely in the game last night, we saw him shoot a three, and it was short. A lot of times, that's because you're not using enough leg. Some guys don't understand that a lot of a jump shot or a lot of a shot comes down to your legs. It's not all arms. In fact, the guys that are shooting all arms and are trying to get good shots up that way, it's just not going to happen. Coburn gets back in, and it's still a 14-point game. So at that point, you say to yourself, well, we just did not make enough of a difference. Coburn comes back in, and what's going to happen? A weird charge call on Luke Luke Lowy. I just, uh, I don't know. It's a head-scratcher, to say the least. I definitely thought it was a blocking foul. I'm not sure what more Luke Lowy was supposed to do. Got, you know, a thing we saw from the beginning to the end, guys, for whatever reason, kept trying to challenge Kofi. I don't know what you're thinking, but it's not going to work. You're not quick enough. You don't have good enough size. He is a really good player. Just don't take it inside. You're not going to score. It's not going to be a consistent thing. Daniels, by the way, starts talking smack. He banked a fadeaway shot, and it definitely didn't look like it was all on purpose. Probably not the right thing to do when you're getting absolutely destroyed. And by the way, you're one of the main guys guarding in the post. How, does, how do you think that makes you look? And at this point, now, he hadn't played much against Coburn. And so I said to myself, he looks, to me, he looks stronger than Curry. I don't know if that's true, but that's just my eye test. That's what I'm seeing. And unfortunately, as I say that, Daniels immediately gets pulled for Curry. So I was thinking, here's our chance. We're going to get to see this matchup. And immediately, Daniels gets pulled. Out of the timeout, Curry up to eight points. And the Gophers are down just 10 and at that point, I'm saying to myself, all right, all right, I see you. Maybe maybe we're making some changes. Maybe things are working. And then Stevens floater gets it to eight, and that was the closest it had been in a very long time. Travel by the Illini then gives the Gophers another chance to push even closer. Now the Illini up to five turnovers, and all of a sudden, the momentum had changed. The crowd's getting into the game a little more, and things are starting to look up. Unfortunately, free throw shooting has been a problem the entire game, as The Gophers go one of two again, and it seemed like every time they went to the lane, you said to yourself, all right, free throw line, here comes one of two, and it was pretty consistently that way. Wolves, sorry, Gophers were able to get as close as seven, and then sadly, Curry picks up his second foul with 145 to go in the first half. And I'll say this, there were a lot of tough calls in this game. Stevens gets a clean steal. Somehow the Illini player just falls over. They might have... So they might have actually gotten their legs locked up a little bit, but even if that was the case, it was after Stevens already got the ball. So if I have the ball and then I run in and then like your legs trip me, it's a foul on me. I just I don't know. It's one of those goofy plays, and it's unfortunate when a play is maybe a 50-50 and you don't have a lot of momentum. You need those calls to go your way. It just didn't happen. And Coburn, I just can't say enough about that guy. And all of a sudden, it's an 11-point lead. It's all the Illini again, and a big part of that is Coburn, who's absolutely unstoppable. Daniels plays some solid defense, and it didn't even matter. And all of a sudden, Coburn scores again. It's now a 13-point lead, again, for the Illini. Battle makes a nice make to end the half. And 41-30, I wanted it to be single digits, but all things considered to be down 11 at that point, felt like a pretty good win because you had struggled for so much of that game. So again, 41-30 at the half, looking at some of the shooting and other numbers, 50% for the Illini, 42% for the Gophers. It's not getting done. 2 of 5 from 3 for the Gophers, 4 of 9 for the Illini. Not a huge difference, but still, that's 6 points. It adds up. Rebounds, 22 to 14, the advantage Illini. And points in the paint, 22 to 10. So pretty much all facets of the game, you're looking at an Illini team that are just absolutely destroying the Gophers. Second half, Ugliness continues as the lead is now up to 15 and battle with the wide-open air ball from three. (coughs) Two straight shots look good and somehow don't stay down for the Gophers, who are getting some good looks, but some tough breaks so far. And then a great block by by Willis on Coburn, which is cool to see. Refs, unfortunately, are absolutely trash. So frustrating as uh, Curry gets run over, player lowers the shoulder, and not only is it not a call on them, instead, eventually, they call battle for a foul, and he has two now. And here's the most ridiculous thing. They gave Curry a flop warning. And you watch the replay. It's clear as day he gets run over. What exactly are we giving him a flop warning for? Very frustrating. I don't get it. I don't know. 9-0 start to the half for Illini. And this one feels over already. As now it's up to a 20-point game for the the Illini. Just, oh, they look so good. And a lot of it was the Illini looking good. I'm not going to take anything away from them. But the Govers just to me, it looked like a much worse team. We looked like we didn't belong. 16-30 to go, and the, the Gophers finally score That's the first basket from the field in the second half, and it was a mid-range shot from battle. Coburn, though, continues to dominate, and the lead is up to 24 now. Gophers, by the way, get no second chances. It seemed like at all. And the Lion Eye, however, getting tons of second chances as they were just destroying us on the glass. Gophers really on both ends at this point were really out of sorts. The effort was there, but honestly, they looked completely outmatched. Gophers, by the way, two of nine from three in the game. We're not a great three-point shooting team. Numbers, numbers show that. It's unfortunate, and we talk about the Wolves' struggles, right? But they they're able to take enough of them where they can at least make that gap a little smaller. Gophers, yeah, you're just not seeing that. Gophers, by the way, put together a number of stops on defense, but unfortunately, they never scored in the stretch, and so you're still down 25. Only four points so far in the second half with 11.41 to go. Lowy misses an open layup. Illinois scores easily, and this one has started to reach, for me, unwatchable territory. The deficit is now 28 points, nine minutes to go. Gophers, by the way, so we're 11 minutes into that second half, and they have six points. Let that sink in if you're wondering why this game was tough to watch. And a little surprised... Under 5 to go, and the Illinois Illinois starters are still in, and they're up 25. What exactly is their coach afraid of? Coburn, meanwhile, up to 29 and 10. He absolutely dominated this game start to finish. Govers, you know, they start to be able to score a little more in the second half of the second half, but it's all too little too late, and you're still down 22. So the impact you've made only really got you 5 or 6 points. Stevens gets a steal and then gets fouled, misses the transition layup, Ends up going one for two from the line. And honestly, that was the trend for the team. That was what you were seeing in last night's game. Benches end up coming in now, and nothing changes. You know, even their bench is better than the Gophers' bench. And it's a 23 point game still. And the final score in this one, 76 to 53. This was an absolute domination. For the most part, start to finish, it just was one of those games where if you're the Gophers, you're saying to yourself, all right, guys, let's move on here. Let's forget this happened. Because, ugly. Bottom line, this was ugly. Again, 76-53 is a 23-point loss for the Gophers. You know, looking at who really set the stage for both teams. Grandison for Illinois with 11, 6, and 4. Of course, Coburn, 29, 10, and 2. He did so many things well in this game. Over on the Gopher side of the basketball, honestly, it's tough to really point to anyone and say, good game. You only had two guys that reached double figures. Bad on Curry, and they only had ten points. There's just not much to like out of this game. You look at the rebounding, by the way. Illinois doubled up the rebounds, fifty-two to twenty-six. Assists, eighteen to ten. Blocks, six to two. Steals, by the way, this is crazy. Well, three steals for Illinois, eleven steals for the Gophers. But the problem is they just didn't take advantage. You doubled them up, so Illinois with fourteen turnovers, the Gophers with seven. You just didn't do enough with the chances that you had in this game. And ultimately, that was your undoing. So that's going to do it for this edition of The Howl. Thanks again for listening on Dash Radio's nothing but that channel. If you missed any of this show, you can find us where all podcasts are found. So whether that's iTunes, Stitcher, Podient, we are on Spotify, all those different locations, you can definitely find us. Again, we're also a member of the Off the Ball Network. So make sure you follow Off the Ball Network. It's OTB underscore network on twitter again there's lots to like from the off the ball network lots of individual teams that are covered the nba we can have football betting the draft if there's something that you want sports wise off the ball probably has it and until next time let me get a howl